All of the opinions expressed in this podcast are ours alone and are not intended to offend or disrespect any of the parties involved. We're just two people who know how to research stuff on Google and talk about it. We don't have any legal education and therefore shouldn't be taken too seriously. So don't try to sue us. We couldn't afford to pay you anyway. Additionally, this podcast is about murder and will probably contain many other adult themes. So if that's not your thing, probably going to have a bad time. So listen at your own risk. This is the part where we shamelessly plug our social media that I can never remember. Take it away, Mike. So don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at allegedly underscore pod. Find us on Facebook at that allegedly podcast and email us at that allegedly podcast at gmail.com. So pull up a chair, grab a snicky snack, and enjoy this week's episode of Allegedly. Allegedly. Welcome back to Allegedly, the podcast where your hosts trade Golden Girls punchlines so we can carry on with the murder and despair we're about to talk about. And I'm putting you in Shady Pines the first chance I get. I'm Heather. And I'm Mike. And this week, we are going to be covering the murder of 22-year-old Brian Barrett. Yeah, and actually, while we must all remember that somebody did lose their life, and that is incredibly tragic, this one is going to be probably one of the more lighthearted episodes, because uh, you're going to need a break between the last episode, Shanda Sharer. And, and what we've got in store for you on Christmas. Because, whoo! <laughs> <laughs> if you made it through Shanda's case, yeah, that, bravo, that was tough. Well, I mean, they deserve kudos just for the fact that they listened to a whole episode where you called her Shanda and I called her Shanda. Yeah. Because we couldn't agree on how we Well, we, we didn't even care, her. though. We were just like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've heard it both ways. <laughs> yeah, so this one, again, unfortunately, Brian did lose his life. And unfortunately, there is no information on him at all. We like to start out with the victim. And that's not something we're going to be able to do in this case, which is unusual compared to all of our other ones, of course. And we're going to maintain that that kind of format moving forward as well. Just know that this isn't something that really we could do, I guess, in this one. Yeah, basically what we know about him is that he was 22 years old mm-hmm. and that he died at the hands of a co-worker. Yep. And we know his we know his it. screen name, where he worked, and his name. That's I mean, really, that's about it. So we'll get more into to Brian a little later, but right now we're gonna we're gonna take you down a little path we like to call the internet. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> weave a tale on this one. This is gonna be formatted a Tell little bit. Tell me a tale, Mike. <laughs> we're so, we're going back all the way to two thousand six. 2005. 2005. And the internet is not the same jungle it is now. This is like a this is like a lawless world. Well, you know what I thought like, was funny is so when we were watching the documentary on this case, they kept showing the computer screen for like the chat yeah. rooms because a lot of this happens in like the chat rooms on this online gaming website and it was pogo.com. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that that has been like gone, yeah, scrubbed from the internet for like a decade already. Yeah, this is this is one of those things where like it reminded me so much of the Armin Maivez case, like looking at the yeah, looking the at chat the- screens <laughs> and just being like, God, you guys had no rules, you animals. Like- <laughs> <laughs> I should have double checked to make sure that Pogo is off of the internet because now I feel like oh. we've got somebody out there listening is gonna be like, No, I was just on Pogo last night. Pogo, what what is it's like a gambling site, right? Yeah, it's like or a game? game website. It is still a thing. Pogo is still a thing? It is It is a thing. Yep. That's interesting. A web-based video gaming service. Oh, apparently you can play Scrabble on it. Oh, great. Wow. Okay. The, well, I just lost your yeah. attention. It launched in 1998, 22 years ago, and it is, yeah. Still going. 
still going. We're going to go on there tonight and play a game. No. No, no, no. <laughs> My grandmother used to spend lots of time playing games on Pogo. I think, like, they have bingo games and things like that. You know what I spent a lot of time doing? Trying to learn the four games that came on my, like, <laughs> Windows 30. <laughs> That's how old my You know computer. what I was doing in 2005 was spending hours <laughs> at a time trying to figure out how to arrange my MySpace top eight. Right. So that nobody was mad at me yeah. <laughs> that I would see on a daily basis. Well, that's why I put bands in my top eight because I was, I mean, obviously way too cool to put yeah, real friends yeah, up there. Yeah, because your was My Chemical Romance. It was. You know, that just shows how much you actually care about me, that <laughs> you you are, that is true. My Chem was always, always number one. Yeah, I Still know. is in my heart forever. And I had to publicly admit to knowing you and speaking to you. Mm, yep. All right, so. Shall we? Let's dive in. Okay. So we are going to meet Tommy Montgomery, who online goes by the screen name Marine Sniper. Marine Sniper. That's the voice I'll be using for him, by the way. <laughs> so in 2005, Tommy is an 18-year-old Marine, and he is just finishing up boot camp. Mm-hmm. Okay, spending a lot of time online in these online gaming rooms, like we were just talking about doing online gambling. And so in a blackjack room in the chat... I don't even know how to play blackjack. It's really... It's just math. I've never played it before. Well, you're terrible at math, so maybe... No, I'm actually really good at math. Well, we'll see. Bad at other things. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> in this blackjack room in the chat, Marine Sniper meets Tall Hot Blonde. And Tall Hot Blonde is an 18-year-old from a small town in West Virginia. Mm -hmm. And her real name is Jessica, and she goes by Jessie. Mm -hmm. And she was a tall, hot blonde. Sure. I guess. I can't even believe that that screen name was available. Well, maybe I can. It was 2005. Well, you know what? Actually, though, but it's misspelled. Like, it only yeah. has one L in tall, and they didn't yeah. put the E at the end of blonde. So probably it wasn't available yeah. for really tall, hot blonde, so she... Condensed mm. it a little bit. But Marine Sniper was also available. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So Okay. So they meet in this chat in the blackjack room, and Tall Hot Blonde says to Marine Sniper, you're in the wrong room. This is a kid's room. And Marine Sniper says, well, yeah, but I'm only 18. I'm still in boot camp. So I think she sees Marine Sniper as the screen name and then yeah. thinks that that must be... A full-grown, yeah. middle-aged man. Yeah, except we're talking 2005, which is only four years post the 9-11 attacks. Right. So everybody's getting into the military, going to boot camp, right. getting shipped off. Yeah, so I think she just sees that screen name and kind of draws that comparison. He's like, oh, wait a second. No, 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 I am. I'm, I'm just Such 18. Such a weird opener, though. This also goes to show you that, like, she's this 18-year-old girl. She thinks that this is an old man and decides to communicate yeah, with him. Yeah, and says, you're in the wrong like, room. This like, is a kid's room. Like, hey, creeper, you're in the wrong... <laughs> no, you don't talk to the creeper <laughs> until she finds out, oh, you're not a creeper. Well, sorry I thought you were five seconds ago, but Well, you hey. see, like, I was passing all of the same judgments and having the same types of thoughts and then i thought back to when i was like oh my god i think i know what you're gonna say I, when i was like you know 12 13 14 and i'm in chat rooms oh online god. too and i would just AOL. start yeah aol for sure age sex location <laughs> oh my god. A -S -L. Oh my yes god. oh my 
my god. The away messages. Oh yeah. Oh my god. That we would like leave our cell phone the numbers away, in. The away messages took longer to craft than whatever it was you were leaving the computer to go do. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and then you yeah, you put your phone number in it. Like oh, yeah. hit me up on my Motorola. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I was just thinking back, though, about, like, all of the random people that I probably communicated with in this same time frame, Mm -hmm. you know, as a child. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, I probably shouldn't be passing this much judgment. And in in 2005, I wasn't much younger than they were in 2005. I was already probably finishing my freshman year of high school. So I was, like, 15, Going on 16? Yeah, because in 2005, I was getting ready to go into high school. Like, I started high yeah. school in the fall of 05. Yeah, and you're a year behind me, so right. I had... Fin- yeah, so I'm, like, 15 going on 16. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I was just thinking about, like... And even before then, like, when I was younger than that... Oh, yeah. All of the people I talked to. So I was like, oh, I, I sound like a hypocrite. I mean, it was just <laughs> in my own head, but, when, like, really thinking back... So anyway... Right. Back to Tall Hot Blonde and Marine Sniper. <laughs> so Marine Sniper says, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm only 18. You know, I'm still in boot camp. So they start talking back and forth. Jesse asks Tommy to describe himself. Mm-hmm. And so he tells her that he's six foot tall. He's very muscular. And then Jesse asks, do you have big shoulders? Yeah. And so, of course, Marine yeah, Sniper baby. says, <laughs> yes. <laughs> So anyway, so then they, they keep talking, and then, so Jesse eventually sends a bunch of swimsuit photos of mm-hmm. herself to Tommy. So they weren't, like, overtly sexual, well, but... You're sending pictures of yourself in a bikini. Right, so too. it's still, like, there's an intimacy there, there is, like, a, a certain level of it being like provocative i guess but not well yeah because that's, the, that's not the first picture you're gonna send to someone is some you in your bikini unless right. that's the angle you were i guess i don't know i don't know Maybe. the way this was laid out it didn't seem like it took very long for these bikini pictures no. to be sent and then they start sending sext messages to each mm. other online oh, and well, back Tommy... then that was called cybering oh yeah cybering. <laughs> well tommy sent a picture of himself as well and he's i mean yeah, yeah they're both like very the, nice looking, young. Like he sent um, his marine photo, basically like the generic photo you would think Making, of someone in yeah. the service. His shoulders were included. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because that was <laughs> what she was into. And um, I get Jesse at this time was a senior in high school still. Right. So yeah, Tommy was out of high school. Jesse was finishing up. Yeah, but both eighteen. So you know, there's like that couple of months yeah. difference in the ages. Anyway, so they're talking for a while. They're cybering online for a while and then so eventually tommy says oh well i'm done with boot camp and i'm going to be shipping off to iraq yeah pretty much like everyone else right and like we (laughs) had already mentioned this is like only a few years post 9-11 so that's where we were sending a lot of our servicemen so because he's going to be shipping to iraq he gets his father involved in mm-hmm. his relationship with Jesse. Yeah, it's kind of unclear, like, if he gets him involved or if the father, like, happens upon these messages or this room. I don't know. I find that a little yeah. odd as well. But anyway, so the father starts acting as, like, a middleman. Yeah. So that way Jesse can communicate with him and he can get those messages to Tommy and then vice versa. 
But it's not for very long because then the father basically says that he doesn't want to do it anymore. He doesn't support the relationship. Yeah, he's like, Tommy's gone. He's not here. And so he says that he's not going to relay any more messages for them. So then there's kind of like, I guess, radio silence for a little while. Mm. But when Tommy is able to get back in contact, the relationship just basically picks up right where it had left off. Oh, shall we give them a little snippet? I suppose we could. Oh, okay. So now we have to turn on our acting voices. Yeah. And we're going to go ahead and read... Just a couple of messages for now. Sure. We'll have some more. Sure, later. let's let's do one one message for now. So, Jesse, tall, hot, blonde, says, "The first time I meet you, I will run up and wrap my legs around you." Marine sniper, wear your red silk panties. Tall, hot, blonde, lift up my skirt. I don't care who sees. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean that that was basically how we texted, right? <laughs> Exactly. That was exactly how I talked to people back then that I had never met at all. Um, so. I don't care. <laughs> I imagine that that's exactly what it would have sounded like if yeah. they were characters in Gone with the Wind. I don't know. You like, really are a good it. actor, Mike. <laughs> so they're having these, you know, conversations back and forth. They're still being flirty. They're sending these sext messages. And then they start sending little care packages back and forth like oh yeah that's, that's what you want to call them care packages care packages one of those care packages from jesse to tommy is those red silk panties Ooh, la, la. so uh i believe she wore them first well of and course then she did. sent them i will let you guys infer why but anyone yeah. who has an only fans <laughs> right now yeah. knows exactly why <laughs> I also found, like, I, I guess at one point, did he ask her to marry him? Because there's oh, a note that sure she did. writes in, like, a journal, and it says, oh, you should read it in your oh, let me, in your greatest I'll turn back tall, on my, hot, blonde my voice. My Jesse voice? Yeah. All right, I have it here. Her journal entry, which leads me to believe that he must have. Yeah. So. Get into character. So she says. My heart was breaking. He told me the only reason he had enlisted was to die. I told him to stay alive for me. He asked me to marry him. I said yes. I'll be nervous about my first time. But soon, I'll be Jessica Montgomery. <laughs> you know what she reminded me of? Let's, let's take it back, because this may have been 2005 as well. Probably <laughs> earlier in the uh, Oops, I Did It Again video. When he was like, <laughs> she's like, uh, with the ring, or no, not the ring, the necklace from Titanic. Oh, Remember? Yeah, yeah. And she looks and she's like, I thought the old lady dropped it into the ocean at the end. <laughs> well, baby, I went down and got it for you. Oops, oh, you shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. Well, baby. Anyway, so not long after, Jessie sends the care package mm. with her red silk panties. Yes. She receives. Another care package. A letter, even. So this is one of the other things that's a little frustrating about this case, is that we can't really find the full documents for any of oh, these things. yeah, there's nothing on this case. We, I, I know you did as well, scoured the internet. In fact, just to, the, the documentary that we even, like, got this from, like, this one I watched years and years ago on Netflix, 
years and ago. And spoiled for me before yeah. I got to because watch it. Because you insisted. <laughs> and you're like, yo, where's this where's this documentary? Does it exist? And you can only get it on like the UK Amazon Prime now. So we had to get some like bootlegged version and take screenshots of things. Because yeah. you cannot find anything anything at all like right online. it used it's to be terrible. available on it was available on netflix for a really short period of time yeah and then, and then it was gone. available on amazon prime here like the prime video yeah, but for now a while but it's not anywhere yeah. in the states anymore unless you want to buy it for like 37 dollars dvd on amazon right yeah so here's a, a portion kind of a paraphrase of the letter right that jesse receives jesse enclosed you will find a picture of my family let me introduce you to these people. The man in the center is Tom, my husband. There is no Tommy. No! He is taking advantage of you. You need to be much more cautious with your safety. You will only be hurt by a man who has mastered the art of manipulation and lies. Do not trust words on a computer. And it was signed, Cindy Montgomery. Yeah, and the picture is, it is Tom. It sure is. It is Tom. That's so, that's for sure. It's Tom and his wife and his two little girls. So Cindy found the care package with the red silk panties. She and then found she also them finds mes- the messages between oh, yeah. her husband mm. parading as Tommy, Marine Sniper, and Tall Hot Blonde. She decides she wants a divorce, and she sends this letter. Yeah. And so she reveals to Jesse that the person she's been communicating with is not Tommy, but Thomas Montgomery. Yep. A 46-year-old former Marine. Yikes. Who had never seen combat. Looks like he really was a creep in that chat room. Yeah. Jesse was right the first... She got with her gut instincts. Her instincts were correct. He is obviously married. They have two young daughters, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. He taught Sunday school and was described as not even having a speeding ticket. But what led him to spend so much of his time online is the fact that 17 years into his marriage with Cindy, Tom now found himself impotent. As you do. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't that happen to everybody at forty six? Yeah. Uh, I can't even. I can't even finish that joke because if I say that that happens to every man at forty six, your father's going to get mad at me. <laughs> my father's going to get mad at me. In fifteen years, when you're listening back, <laughs> I am not fifteen years away from forty six. Oh, I'm sorry. I, Seventeen. I told years. you earlier, you're no good at math, and you tried okay, to defend and yourself. And first of all, you are just shy now. Of 30. I am not 30. Shy of 30 is what just, I want everyone just to Just shy. What are we? To. Like a month and a half away? Doesn't matter. Okay. Not I'm, there I'm, yet. All right, all right. So then it also comes back. Uh, they find this letter that Tom had written. And yeah. <laughs> not really clear who exactly was the intended audience of this letter. Everyone. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, and again, can't find the whole thing. This was the part. That drove me absolutely insane that I could not find this whole letter. Because in the documentary, they're showing this letter kind of in the background. And you can pick out 
words. Yeah. And I'm like, that's exactly the stuff I want to talk about on this podcast. Yeah. That's why we spend like an hour trying to airdrop pictures to each other so we could try to right. decipher <laughs> these letters. So then they, um, but they don't cover those things. Like they don't give it to you verbatim. Like that's the parts yeah. that I want to quote and I have to kind of paraphrase. So the, the letter that Tom writes starts on January 2nd, 2006. Tom Montgomery, 46 years old, ceases to exist and is replaced by a 18-year-old battle-scarred Marine. All paperwork is set, in parentheses, i.e. birth certificate, comma, SS card, end parentheses. He is, quote, strong, good-looking, battle-hardened boy. Then he goes on to say he has money in the bank, two and a half million dollars. Oh, okay. As a matter of fact. Yes. And, prepare yourself, has a nine-inch penis. Who can prepare themselves for that? <laughs> <laughs> that would take a lot of... Never mind. Yeah. Thank you. We're bordering on that podcast we don't want to be hosting again. Uh, he says yeah. that he wouldn't be impotent anymore. Because, you know, you can just declare that. So... Uh... Okay. I would get it if it were like some sort of like imaginary or even like existential type of thing like that he's trying to work out within himself. But the fact that he says in that letter like, oh, I've got the paperwork ready. Yeah. How? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he obviously can't make himself 18 again. Yeah. But I mean, he could try to get into shape, hair plugs, whatever, but... Well, there was how... no indication that he was doing any of but, those But things. how... He didn't have to put any effort into this, Heather. But, but, but All he had he... to do was write this letter and say it. <laughs> because, and he would be 18 well, again. He wouldn't be kicker, impotent. Though. His penis would be... That's what I was going to say. Like, how... He could do what he wants to work out. He could change his name or get a social security number or whatever. But what was going to happen when he dropped trow in front of Jesse? <laughs> and nine inches did not fold but out this, of that. I'm just... But, <laughs> but this letter was not intended for Jesse. Like, we really don't even know who he intended to find this. Was, like, was it his wife? If you were going to... I, I mean, just I needed don't... to, like... Have you ever written something down just because you needed to get it out of your head? Oh, yeah, but we can't talk about any of that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then as soon as I did that, I set it on fire. <laughs> you know what's and so... And flushed the ashes down the toilet. <laughs> what's also even weird... Not Well, not def... There's nothing weirder than that letter, but... In the letter that his wife wrote as well, from the snippets that I could get, she goes on to give Jesse a lot of detail. Because she says, I have no son. Tom has no son. He's 46 years old, soon to be 47. He did serve in the Marines. And then from such and such time, he didn't see combat. She tells him how long they were married. She also tells Jesse he's about six foot tall, about 190 pounds. Like, he has reddish blonde hair. Like, why are you... Why are you giving her all of this detail? Not only that, you literally sent her a picture. Right. You well, need and, to tell her that he's got right here? And the picture hair? that you're sending to her is of your whole family. Yeah. This isn't a picture of your husband be like, hey, this is the middle-aged man well, you're actually, talking to. Well, actually, like, I see that because I think that would have... I, I would probably have done the same... I wouldn't have done the exact same actions that she did, but I could see why she chose the family picture because I'd be like, yeah... This is a man, and look, he's got a wife and two girls. Yeah, but look she at him. says he's you need to be to more you. cautious about your safety, and she's just sticking oh. in the mail. A be more cautious that about your safety, young, young girl. Here's a picture of my young girl, right. so you know who they are. Yeah. Also, this is how much he weighs, his hair color, where we live. Do you want a DNA <laughs> Here's his sample? social security number. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm sure she had the return address oh on the God. envelope. <laughs> what would her screen name have been? Cindy's screen name, his wife. Captain uh, Obvious. Cindy, Cindy Lou Who. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, but just... So I guess insane. A, a term that probably wasn't even invented back then. Oh. Our our dear friend Jesse has been catfished. catfished. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if Nev from Catfish is listening to yeah. this <laughs> and you want uh some right. you want some more wasn't he at one point like looking for co hosts because the guy who normally does it with him wasn't oh, I available know. I or something? Watch that show. Yeah, because they do the show now. Did you ever see the original documentary? No. Oh, it's incredible. Because <laughs> yeah. that's when it actually happened to him, to Nev, the one yeah. that hosts the series. He was catfished. And so the documentary is about him, like, uncovering all of that. So you should definitely see that. That's really interesting. And I've, I haven't seen a lot of the series, but I have seen some. My sisters in particular love that show. I'm, Can't get enough of it. I don't know. It's so... It's This is already cringy. I don't think I could watch stuff like that. Oh, uh, well... Yeah, I. Yeah, I mean, I haven't. So I haven't watched a ton of it, but I do remember at one point he had to get like other people to help him instead of the person who normally did it because that person wasn't available for some reason. Yeah. So anyway, I'm just saying, if Nev from Catfish is listening to this, Heather and I are volunteering. <laughs> <laughs> we will gladly do an episode with you here in Florida. I didn't even know you it was just a little let show. Us know. I had. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I watch it every day. Pick me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Back to this strange little world that they're all living in. Okay. So, poor Jessie. And I, I feel for her because, I mean, given that I was almost the same age as she was, I'd kind of, I don't know. Maybe I would have fallen for it. Like, could you imagine? Well, you couldn't have. I mean, but some, like, hot serviceman being like, hey, baby. And then he sends you a picture. Well, so yeah, and the mad, thing is, like, it is, it was a picture of him. It oh, was well, just yeah, it was. When he sent it in 2005, it was a 30-year-old picture. Yeah. From when he had been in the Marines. Yeah. So, understandably so, Jesse is a little gross. She's feeling, in, in uh, the best medical term I can use, icky, like you said. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's she's, a scientific yeah, term. Yeah, she's, um, she's feeling icky, and she definitely expresses her anger, and, and rightfully so, uh, especially considering that, you know, she's still in high school and feels betrayed. I mean, you feel betrayed in anybody, or anyway, just because well, yeah, he I mean, you're her. an 18-year-old girl, and you built this, you know, relationship with this person who you believe to be an 18-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. And you've been sending these pictures. I mean, you've then sent him items of your clothing. Previously worn. Yeah, so there's yep. like, there's yep, a, yep, yep. A, a very real level of intimacy there that came away from the internet into yes. real life oh. to then find that out. And let's not forget that she lost her virtual virginity. To this man. That is the most ridiculous term I've ever heard. And I told <laughs> that you that before being we started repeated, recording. Like... And I didn't even bring it up while I was well, going over that story. So like you said, though, so Jesse is from a small town. And not only is she like the small town girl who clearly doesn't know how the internet works, but she's also a virgin in real life. So this was her first kind of like sexcapade period. And now it's all been destroyed virtual or otherwise yeah so she's never really been into this kind of thing before but that doesn't stop her (laughs) (laughs) okay so in this in these chat rooms that they were in like the pogo (laughs) the 
the casino. Which apparently still exists, and I'm very sorry to anyone at Pogo. She starts chatting with Brian Barrett. And Brian Barrett would come in and play these games with Marine Sniper and Tall Hot Blonde because Brian is a co-worker of Tom's. Like, real-life, actual co-worker of Tom's. So, Brian Barrett is a young, tw- like, really, a young 22-year-old right. guy. <laughs> and In reality. Yeah, in reality, he is a, a 22-year-old guy. He is working, and this place is called Dynabraid. I don't yeah, know if I said it right. Yeah, it's a factory. I think it was Dynabraid. Yeah. It's a factory near Buffalo in New York. Clarence, I think, was the actual town that it's mm. located in. Yeah, so... Brian's been playing these games with him, but obviously he doesn't know that there's been, like... Because they they talk to a lot of people. And so Brian knows Tom in real life, but obviously he never thought to tell Jesse about it because he didn't know that she didn't know. Because he didn't know about the kind of, like, romantic side of things. They were just, like, playing games and all of that. So after all is revealed... Jesse starts to message Brian privately to get more information on Tom. She's like, well, you guys work together. I had no idea. And, of course, Brian is very sympathetic because, like I said, he didn't know that she didn't know. Right. So he's being really comforting. (laughs) (laughs) She just kind of moves on pretty, pretty quick, doing the same kinds of things with Brian, having the same kinds of interactions with him that she did with Tom. Well, you know, once you pop, the fun don't stop. Oh, (laughs) dear baby Jesus. We are in the month of our dear Savior's birth. And this is the kind of content that you're putting out, Michael. I didn't pick this case. (laughs) And I didn't open that door. I just walked through it. Listen, I'm going to need you to pull up your messages here because I'm going to need to hear that tall, hot blonde again, please. All right. Because... Brian and Jesse also exchanged some some messages. Oh yeah. The messages indeed. Yeah. Why don't why don't you go ahead? So Tall Hot Blonde says, taking my thong off, sitting back down on my baby's lap, sliding onto something long and hard. Screen name Beefcake. <laughs> <laughs> Are you getting close, baby? Tall Hot Blonde. Yeah. Are you? We'll stop. And it's we'll the stop. letters. It's the letters are R you? and you. In case anyone forgot what 2005 was yes. like. I hope that all of you are cringing really hard with your headphones in right now going, oh, please, God, make it stop. Somebody who decided to listen to this episode yeah. while they're at work is regretting that right now. Oh, yeah. We forgot to say oh that God. this was not suitable for work. Sometimes my Bluetooth... Like, I've used my coworkers' like, headphones, or I've paired it with the speakers at work, and sometimes it'll just automatically connect. Oh. <laughs> this would be a poor episode. Oh, see, I thought that was, I thought you were going to say the opposite, because what happens with me is, you know, I'll listen to, you know, just before we're editing the episodes, I'm listening to them on my way into work. Mm-hmm. So then when I get out of the car, I pop my AirPods in and I'm listening to those. And then when I sit down at my desk, I take those out. And if I forget to pause it before I remove them. Oh my God, it keeps playing. It on disconnects the- <laughs> from the AirPods and starts playing out loud. Oh my gosh. There was, there was one time we're at work. so <laughs> And 
my coworker has, she had put in her headphones. I had my headphones in and was listening to music. And she plugs hers in. And I guess at some point in time, she had paired her headphones with my phone or borrow, someone borrowed something. <laughs> All of a sudden, my music stops. And I don't know that she's put in her headphones. And she just turns and gives me this look. And I'm like, what? And she's like, what you listening to? <laughs> and I was listening to. If you say My Chemical Romance, no. I'm leaving right now. Shake it like a salt shaker. <laughs> <laughs> this was only like three years ago. Oh. <laughs> shake it like a salt shaker. Shake it like a salt shaker. Anyway. And this coworker still speaks to you? No, she's gone now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, so things are getting steamy between Jesse and Brian. Oh, it doesn't get steamier than that. <laughs> so also, while they're getting steamy, she's still she's still bitter about the things that happened between her and Tommy. And she kind of goes back to back and forth between Brian and Tommy still. She's still upset, but she still can't get it out of her head that she thinks that she loved this this guy. And she sends him <laughs> Uh-oh. kind of one last goodbye goodbye message asking for a favor. Why don't you uh why don't you come back up here, tall hot blonde? Alright. Tall, hot blonde. Will you do me a favor? Marine sniper. What is that? Don't let Tommy die. He won't, as long as he is in your heart. Let him live in you. You are crying, aren't you? I haven't stopped. You sound like my Tommy. But I can't be your Tommy. I wish you all the happiness in the world. I love you, Jessica. Okay. I'm ready. Okay, honey. Goodbye, Tom. Goodbye, Jessica. We deserve, like, daytime Emmys. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I should be on, like, a telenovela. (laughs) Yeah, so they've kind of said their goodbyes. Not for the first, like, not for the last time, though. Like I said, they kind of go, like, a back and forth thing, but she just can't get him out of his head. But in the meantime, she's still being steaming with Brian. She's made amends with Tommy. And... The bitterness still is there. So she's feeling all kind of conflicted because she's hot and steamy with Brian. Making amends with Tommy. Still kind of has feelings for Tommy. For Tommy. Tom. No, for Tommy. <laughs> yeah, for Tommy. Like, the guy she thought he was. Well, see, and that's the thing that was starting to creep me out at this point in the documentary, just yeah. in this story in general. That they were both talking about Tommy as if he's yeah, as a if he existed. entity yeah. from Tom. So, but not only does she still kind of love him, she loves Tommy, but she's angry at Tom. Right. As if they're two separate people. Mm-hmm. So, right. So she kind of uses her tall, hot blondness <laughs> <laughs> to get to Brian. And like I said, Brian physically works in the real world with Tom. Mm -hmm. And they're making fun of him online. They go into the group chat rooms that they'd been chatting in before, like on Pogo and things like that. And they're calling him a pedophile and all kinds of other... Yeah, the predator, I think, was specifically the term. Yes, yeah, they called him a predator. And he gets kicked out of some of the chat rooms that he was in Mm -hmm. and like some of the things. And... 
because they're attacking him and having people gang up on him. But this isn't just online. This carries over into the workplace. She, like, asks him to, like, say things at work. Like, Mm -hmm. make his life a living hell. Make him pay for what he did to her. Right. So she's not satisfied with doing this to him online. Yeah. She knows that she has this window into his real life as yeah. well and wants to but use it. But it's like it. she doesn't want to hurt Tommy. She wants to hurt Tom. Yeah, which again, disturbing Yeah, that they're differentiating between the two. Yeah, exactly. So, <clears throat> shall we read some more messages? Sure. These aren't quite as cringy, guys. Yeah, not as bad. So, Brian, screen name, Beefcake. That's cringy. A little. What should I say? Tall, hot, blonde. Up to you, baby. Beefcake. I have to fuck with him. You are bad. Yeah, so they're talking about things that he should say at work. There aren't really any detailed messages of what he said that we could find. But he does message her later on saying, I'm still laughing. Mm -hmm. Like, after they get out of chat rooms and things. So, Tom is having a real hard time. He Well, Tom was having a real hard time when he sat down on his computer and started this whole thing. Right. But he's having a really difficult time now because his wife is leaving him. Obviously, his girls are going with. He already didn't like his job, felt bored, and so he can't be comfortable at work. And then the one solace he had in life was going online. And not just his relationship with Jesse, but his relationship with everyone else online. That was his one kind of like getaway because he would spend hours and hours and not get off until like three or four in the morning and have to be at work the next day at six, oh, seven. Yeah, there were like things yeah, there were things that said it would be he'd be online until six in the morning when he had to be at work at seven. I mean like so you're staying up all night. I mean, you're getting home from work, yeah. sitting down at the computer and you don't move from the computer until you have to leave to go back to work. Yeah, yeah. And so but they took that away from him too. Basically every aspect of his life has gone to hell. Right. And he's getting pretty angry, as to be expected, but not to say that it's undeserved, because he certainly was wrong. So things are heating up between Brian and Jesse, and Tom gets wind of this and decides to... He starts messaging Brian, and this reminds me of... The part where Rose and the Golden Girls tries to tell two St. Olaf stories at the same time. <laughs> where she's like, she, where she, Dorothy's like, Get this back on you're track getting on troll. You're getting, right yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I know, but I'd like to try to handle it. <laughs> so I will be both Beefcake and Marine Sniper. Oh. <clears throat> Marine Sniper. So are you going to see her? Beefcake. I don't really feel like dealing with her BS. Beefcake. I don't know what I want. Or what I'm going to do with her. Marine Sniper. I can't believe you chose her. Over our friendship. Go pop her cherry. Good luck. Beefcake. Why does it bother you so much? You are much older than her. Marine Sniper. Tell your sucking loving little to stay the out of my life. You wanted her, you got her. Just tell her to leave me the alone. So those are nice. 
<laughs> and, um, and so, like, obviously, I heard you actually saying all of those terrible yeah. things to me. Yeah. But I can't even imagine the people listening to this yeah. that are just going to hear these long beep. So it's bad. They're not only sexually explicit words that I can't say, but also uh, racially charged words that I right. can't Which, say. And, in fact, bleeped them out myself. Yeah, I was going to say, for the record, the racially I, charged words I you do did not, not even say right now. I do not use racial slurs, not even if they're going to be covered up with sound. Right. So but Marine Sniper did. Yes, that those aren't. You can find them on. Well, you can't find anything online anyway. If you watch so, the documentary, you can see it. Online. Yeah. So we're gonna go through one more message thing here because at the same time, all of this is happening. Jesse and Tom slash Tommy are. I don't even know how to describe it. They're not. I don't know. I don't know. Are they having a relationship? Are they not? But Marine Sniper sends Tall Hablon a message. He made a very deadly enemy. You have done what I feared most. Tall, hot, blonde. What's that? Turned my heart ice cold. I hate him with a passion. And for ten cents, I would eliminate him. It's a pretty small bounty. Yeah, ten cents. <laughs> ten cents, yeah. I'd sell you for He's a like Klondike a bar. He's like March of Dimes his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Tall, hot, blonde. That's a little dramatic, isn't it? Payback is a Jesse. I am the ultimate weapon. I am a marine. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? Let's just say your piece of boyfriend came within a hair of dying. When? The day after you two told me you were with me. Had I pulled a little harder, he would be gone. Yeah, so again, super friendly. Totally rational guy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She... Should most definitely continue this relationship she with him. She should absolutely <laughs> yes. keep talking to him. In fact, she takes our advice. Yeah. <laughs> she, she sends him even more, even more messages. Of course she does. <laughs> I mean, it's been going but, so well so far. In the meantime, Brian kind of is planning to maybe see Jesse. So that's happening on the sidelines. So she's planning a little rendezvous physically with Brian and she gets she gets upset with him because she thinks that all Brian wants is sex, which doesn't isn't that I okay. I, I mean say whatever. <laughs> so she starts to take a step back from him. Mind you, she's kind of being pulled in again by this Tommy figure that she's imagining. So she's swaying in between both men and in that point in time, she gets it's it's really back and forth. She gets mad at Brian, so then she goes back to Tommy and she asks to be friends and claims that they just mean too much to each other and that she will love Tommy until she dies. Mm-hmm. And they want to... Tommy who doesn't exist. <laughs> she starts sending in messages. They agree to start over being friends. There is even a little exchange where they legit go. She goes, hi, I'm Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, and he says, hi, hi, I'm, I'm Tom. Tommy. And it's like, <laughs> no, oh no, Tom, Tom, Tom. Tom, Tom. Okay. Yeah. yeah, okay. And then um, the love messages start up again. <clears throat> did you just? I had to did you just, my throat. And no, I but you I you move flip. like you have long I did. hair. You're I did. Really... <laughs> I'm getting into character. Tall, hot, blonde. I ache for Tommy. Marine sniper. You killed him inside of me, Jesse. Jesse, I would sell my soul to be that Tommy. I want you so bad, Jesse. I want to hold you and kiss you. Make love to me, Tommy. Oh, God. <laughs> Marine sniper. Oh, Jesus. 
moves his fox's panties over and slowly rubs the tip of the snake up her. Oh. <laughs> Slides the tip up and down and smiles at his lady. Oh, Jesus, no. Slide him in, baby. Not yet, baby. I want you to beg for him like a little girl. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I can't anymore. <laughs> Tapping out. <laughs> oh, we haven't even gotten to the best oh, line no. yet. Go on, you've only got like one line left. I you can't. can, you can make it. I can't. Do I have to take both parts again? You're gonna have to because he just said like a little girl, and oh. I am completely shutting down. Now. Tall hot bond, please. Now, <laughs> <laughs> marine sniper. Okay. Baby slides all the snakes slowly into his lady. You I'm not saying it. <laughs> it's all hot blonde. You feel so good, baby. Marine sniper. Oh, jeez. I can't. This is your fault. Pumps your faster and faster and says, baby, any minute now. We, we could stop there. They, they finish their okay, business. They yeah. finish. They're about to. They finish. <laughs> <laughs> the next message says that they did, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay, he... <laughs> okay, that's... <sighs> oh, okay, so... I think I'm actually more uncomfortable right now than I was when we were talking about Burn Brandis wanting the oh. pain from his <laughs> penis being bitten off. <laughs> At this point in time, in real life, not on the internet, Jessie is graduating. And as she graduates and has her newfound freedom, she is online. And not only is she flirting with Tom, Tommy, and Brian, but she also starts flirting with other people in different chat rooms, flirts with other guys, and Tom threatens her at this point. He sends her a message and threatens Jessie, like her family, and... It scares Jesse for the first time. You know. Nothing, oh, yeah, this is when she realized Nothing else this scared is no her. Good. The, yeah. yeah, that scares her. So she actually finally tells her mother. And her mother gets online and basically is like, You need to stay the hell away from my daughter. You mm-hmm. know. Now that she's eighteen, stay away from her. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you do. So things stop for a while. But eventually Jesse gets back online. She starts sneaking and she friends Brian on MySpace. Mm-hmm. I don't think she top aided him. Yeah, I hope not. But but right. Thanks a lot, so, Tom. <laughs> Marine Sniper gets wind of this once again that she started things up with Brian, even though he has to stay away from her, and he sends her a message. <laughs> this is one of the greatest ones. Marine Sniper, do your panties get wet when you crush my feelings for you? You will pay now. Bitch. You better be very afraid now. I told you what would happen if you and Brian got together. So, yeah, Brian and Jesse are talking, sexting. Tom don't like it. And a few days later, after these texts are exchanged between Tom and Tall Hot Blonde, Tall Hot Blonde sends this series of message to Beefcake, or Brian. I just wanted to tell you, I have totally pissed Tom off. And he has in his head that you and I are still together. Beefcake. It's art. (laughs) (laughs) A-L-L-R-T I don't really care what he thinks I haven't talked to him in a few months I have been staying away from BS Brian, he threatened you 
He's tried to hit me with his car in the parking lot, and he never looks at me or says a word. Okay. He tried to hit him with his car in the parking lot, and he didn't report it? Right. Yeah, we're just going to continue okay. on. Yeah. Okay. Make sure he stays away from your truck. If he touches it, I will flip. <laughs> Do you I love <laughs> that your Marine Sniper has turned into Steven Seagal, and now your Beefcake <laughs> has turned into, like, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> like a Kyle, yeah. Do you think I should tell a boss of mine at work or anyone else? Brian, I am really afraid of him. Yeah, me too. He's crazy. Meanwhile, Marine Sniper continues his messages to Tall Hot Blonde. You're nothing to me now but a lion who only wants Brian's in her. I don't ever want to meet you or see you unless you are being by a I'm asking you to love me enough to let me go. I know this hurts you, and I'm so very deeply sorry. I don't want to keep hurting you. And this is where all of our messages end. I am so happy that we're done with that. So a few days after those last messages that were all funny and cringy and awful, uh, the really bad stuff starts to happen. And Brian is leaving the factory one evening. It's a Friday night. He gets into the driver's seat of his truck, and three shots ring out, all three of them hitting Brian Barrett, and he is dead. Unfortunately, his body isn't discovered until the following Monday morning because he had no plans that weekend. And yeah, there is not really much information on the investigation or the actual details of his death other than... He had a flat tire, which yeah, looks like it was the, done uh, intentionally. It was the rear passenger yeah. tire. And the police narrowed down their suspects fairly quickly after the discovery because clearly Brian and Tom had been having some issues at work. So this was public knowledge for the people in their lives in the real world. And the police obviously are going to go try to find Tom. They're not really able to find him at all. And, of course, when they catch wind of the chat rooms and all of this yeah, that's going on yeah they fear for jesse's safety like they should have done they go to try to find jesse first maybe tom has got her and they're trying to find tom and you know so they, they find jesse on once again myspace yes <laughs> <laughs> and they track down her ip address so they go to her home and her mother mary answers the door and, and it's like 6 or 6.30 or so in the morning. Yeah, they kind of like bust it right up there Monday. But mind you, Tom's been gone all weekend or they don't know where he is. And they go up to Mary and they let her know that, you know, we need your daughter. And she goes, well, Jesse's at school. And they're like, well, you need to call her because she could be in trouble. So Mary starts to kind of panic and she's like, well, I, she's at school. I don't really have a way to contact her. And the police are like... And I was, too, when I heard this. I'm like, what do you mean you don't have a way to contact well, yeah, her? She says that she like, doesn't live there. She lives in another area completely. Yeah. Then she says that she doesn't even have a phone number to reach her. Yeah, I just... Yeah. So the cops are frustrated, and they finally tell Mary what's going on. That she really is in danger by, you know, one man has been killed, and they fear for her daughter's safety. And... Go ahead, Mike. So... So Mary basically takes a big old breath 
and lets out this sigh and says Mary Sheeler <laughs> has to admit that she has been using her daughter's name on the internet. Yeah. Mary Sheeler is tall, hot, blonde. And she is not a tall, hot, blonde. Mary Sheeler is a 45-year-old woman married with a daughter named Jessie. Mm-hmm. And the photos that she has been sending to these men online are of her actual daughter, Jessie. Yeah. In her bikini, she... You guys, this is crazy. She would purchase items for her daughter in order for her to sneak pictures of her in these items, knowing that they were going to be used for explicit chats. She would steal this underwear. Like I said, they were worn. She would steal them from her daughter mm-hmm. and send them to these men. So she acted as her daughter through everything. And they, when they're looking at her computer find hundreds of pictures of Jesse. Mm-hmm. Well, she's like unaware, them, yeah. A lot of them don't even look like Jesse knows that the picture's being taken. And they find videos that Mary has taken upshots under Jesse's skirts when she's just doing normal... I lift up my skirt. I don't care who sees. <laughs> well, apparently... Apparently not. <laughs> her mother did not care who sees. No. And... It was not just to Tom and Brian, as they wind up discovering. There were several other men Mm -hmm. that Mary had been sending these photos and videos to, and, you know, presumably articles of clothing and other things like that as well. Listen, when I first heard this reveal, I was like, what? Yeah, I, I I had no idea. I had no, I had no idea. I hope that we built that up properly. I hope that was a big reveal. I hope so. I wanted everyone to hear it the way I heard it the first time and went, oh my God. (laughs) It's not a super huge shock that Tom was catfishing someone, but Jesse was very, or Mary, should we say, was very convincing. Well, yeah. And when you watch the documentary too, they tell you right away. That Tom Tom. is actually an adult. Right. We wanted to surprise you. Yeah. The reveal of... (laughs) Mary also catfishing and playing this role of her daughter is what they save for the end. Yeah. So to wrap up the case before we get into our debate, no criminal charges were brought against Mary Sheeler. Jessie was unharmed. She was away at school and she had nothing to do with any of it. She had no knowledge whatsoever. Tom Montgomery didn't go after her. He was just kind of hiding out and he ended up taking a plea bargain and he was sentenced to only 20 years. So, I mean, actually, let's see. If this is in 2006, he was probably sentenced in 2007. He, he'll be out in the next five to seven years. Well, and he also attempted to uh, appeal that. Yeah. Claiming that he but, was pressured into the plea deal. Yeah. So that's really where the case ends. I would love to give more information on Brian and his family or how they're doing. And I definitely wish more justice had been served. However, that's really all of there is information-wise. Yeah, well, we do know that... Brian's parents or his family are trying to, they're trying to be activists. They want to advocate. Right. So they do want to work towards, uh, like, new laws around the internet. Like, just creating some internet safety and things like that. They want to be involved there. 
And we also know that Jesse at this point does not speak to her mother. Yeah. And Mary's husband divorced her. Yeah. So there's that. He sure did. So it's a pretty clear cut story. And it doesn't seem like there's really much to debate here. But what I think we want to debate today is should Mary have been charged with something? Was there a crime committed on her part? Or was Thomas given a fair deal? Those kinds of things. And calling to question the morality of catfishing and how it can be dangerous, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, I, I don't think we really have much of a debate on whether or not it is moral to catfish. Yeah. So opinions. And just one thing I want to throw out really quick because I thought it was so funny. One of the last things that they tell you when you watch this documentary is that Mary Sheeler is planning to write a book mm. about the dangers of the internet. I don't think she Lady, has. Lady, you are have... the danger of the <laughs> yeah, internet. Exactly. <laughs> you are the da- you. So opinions. I guess I feel bad for Brian. I and I just want to get him out of the way more quickly, just because I well, don't. Tom already took care of that. Yeah. Uh, well. Wow. Really? I do believe that Brian wasn't necessarily right in all of his actions. I certainly don't think it warranted him being killed. He taunted him at work. He taunted him online. He definitely poked the bear. That's for sure. Yeah, but any type of words that you say don't... Right. Don't justify someone ending your life. Exactly. No, he... In no way, shape, or form would I blame him. I... I do think that he obviously pushed him in doing those things online and at work. And that should just serve as a lesson to everybody that you should be careful about, you know, who you're saying things about and what kinds of things that you're saying, especially when you're dealing with someone as mentally unstable as Thomas Montgomery, lying about everything. Some of the things that they said, though, I mean, to be publicly putting out there that he's a predator. Right. You know, I mean, you were you were bordering on having done something illegal Right. Yeah, exactly. The next thing I want to say about Brian is, one, he never had or and never will find out that Tall Hot Blonde was in fact a middle-aged woman. Yeah. He will never know that. I guess that's probably one of the only good things is that he never knew. (laughs) Is that at least... The the documentary kind of frames it that way as well. Right. That at least he didn't have to deal with that. And he was the only honest one. (laughs) Yeah, he wasn't. And he's about the anything. one that he paid. He was a 22 year old yes. man. And yeah. he is the one who paid with his life. And that's really all we have on Brian, unfortunately. Now, as far as Thomas is concerned, 20 years seems light <laughs> to me. Yeah, I mean, you murdered someone in cold mm-hmm. blood. And like you mentioned, they say that the flat tire seemed intentional. Like this was. Yeah. This was planned out. He well, yeah. flattened a tire so that way Brian could not get in the car and leave right away yeah, before he could do anything. He was a sitting duck. Right. Pretty much. He made sure that he couldn't go anywhere. Right, yeah. And they found like a they found a peach pit at the crime scene. Right. And he never gave up gave up his DNA. Thomas never did. But they assumed it was his, which if it were, it would be like, well, he's sitting out there eating a peach, waiting for his prey to come along, type mm-hmm. of deal. So, but I think his sentence was light. The Tall Hot Blonde documentary interviews him, and there's a psychiatrist, and I believe, is it a defense attorney of some kind as well? Or some representative for Thomas Montgomery is there. I don't know if he actually represented him. Yeah, well, there was no 
trial. He took right. I just deal. don't know if this was actually yeah. the attorney he spoke to. But In the documentary, and it's the only documentary out there called Tall Hot Blonde. There is a movie directed by Courtney Cox, which I did not see and don't intend to. But it's the only documentary out there with that name. And it's kind and it's, of... Again, it's misspelled. So yeah. it's T-A-L-H-O-T-B-L-O-N-D. Yeah. So no double L and no E at the end of Blonde. So it almost seems like they were trying to defend him in a way in the documentary. I don't think and so. And put all of the blame on Mary. I, well, I mean, I do think that they were trying to shift a lot of blame to yeah. Mary. But I do think that what they were saying was valid about him. You know, and what the psychological issues yeah. seem to be that exist there. I don't but know. Yeah, it kind of seemed like a middle age crisis to me. Not a not a middle age crisis. A midlife crisis. That's what it's called. <laughs> a midlife crisis. Not that he had some sort of mental. I don't know, but issue. we talked I, about. You know, we talked about it while we were going through the chaos. The fact that they kept talking about Tommy, like he existed mm-hmm. I do think that there's some disassociation there I don't well yeah disassociation but not because he's got some sort of mental illness I think it's because he just was bored he and he said that his wife was great he just had no interest in her anymore but there is some type of there's some level of a mental illness there if you have to create this other persona and you have to actually detach it from yourself okay the people who commit these kinds of crimes, though, we could always argue that clearly there's something wrong emotionally or mentally because, uh, for lack of a better word, normal people don't do those things. There must be something wrong. Everybody can always make that argument. Well, no, no I guess but, I'm not really making the argument that he killed Brian because of the mental illness. I just think the mental illness, whatever level it was there, and obviously not a doctor, I can't diagnose that. Yeah. But whatever, to whatever extent that existed is what created the circumstances that allowed him to be drawn into this to a point where that was even something he considered. Right. And then the last player in this is Mary Sheeler. And I... Listen, uh, okay, I personally, on a personal level, I think she needs to be charged with something. She has responsibility in this. But I'm trying, like I was trying to think, what could she be charged with? Exactly, because when you look it up online, first of all, catfishing to this day is still technically legal. There are pieces of catfishing that are illegal. Right, because if it'll fall under fraud or things like that, depending yeah. on... Yeah, if you're trying extent. to extort money right, or sexual, I guess, favors, or I, I'm not really sure. It's It's like really oddly worded, but... Yeah, basically. Yeah, it's that's very it. specific because catfishing as a whole yeah. isn't technically a crime. But yeah, so there's no there's no way to charge her as far as I could come up with in the murder. Right. But then my thought is Jesse's only eighteen at the time that all this is going on. Maybe too. I couldn't find out if because she was in her senior year. Was she at any point because their relationship was probably like a good year. Well and that's what I, that's where I'm going yeah. with this is Jesse's 18, and by the time that this all comes to a head, they find yeah. out that it's her mother. How old are some of these pictures? Right. How old is this video that you shot up her skirt? Mm. And the way that they spoke about it was that there were a few of those, but at least one yeah. existed. And then you're sending those to multiple people. Mm-hmm. So are we looking at child pornography? Right. And then there's the distribution of child pornography is its own separate count. Mm -hmm. So if you're taking these pictures and these videos of your daughter when she's under the age of 18 
and then you're sending these to men, that's a charge of possession for every single photo or video when she was under the age of 18. Mm -hmm. There's the charge of distribution for every image or video you sent to someone else of someone under the age of 18. Yeah, which leads me to believe that she either was 18 because otherwise the police maybe could have charged her or that legally they couldn't classify those images as pornographic because there was no nudity. Now... I guess, but when you have... I mean, being a voyeur is... But again, there was no nudity. Yeah, voyeurism laws, though, also vary wildly from, like, state to state. Yeah. And they're very specific... Mm-hmm. It, it, that's very difficult to, and what, to determine. What I could find is I was like, well, you can't just take a picture of a child and just send it to people. Actually, yes, you can, apparently. You can, in fact, take pictures of other people's children. It's not It's not actually like a, a crime. Like, nowadays, you might see where, like, Facebook or specific, like, companies, they're not part of their community guidelines, but I don't think that there are legal ramifications to that, from what I could find. Well, and you also have to take into consideration that this is her daughter, so she's going to exactly. have pictures of her daughter. So but, she doesn't need permission from anybody to distribute the, them. The video up the skirt, to me, like, there's no way to explain that other than it being pornographic or sexual in some nature. Why else would that video mm-hmm. exist and be sent and distributed? Then she must have been 18 or they couldn't prove it. Right, that's my concern is that they weren't able to prove right. when the videos or pictures were taken. And then not only that, none of the pictures may have been that way, but what if there's only one video of her looking up her daughter's shirt? Let's just say, because we have no actual like numbers. Right. What are they going to do? They're going to charge her, arrest her, and keep her in there for one instance of that, where it's her own daughter and it's teetering on pornography at best. I really feel like they probably had nothing to stick, like, to stick her with. Well, and then I guess really that's probably a better debate is... What constitutes child pornography? Should there be, you know, should the laws be different? Like, don't you believe that she should have some responsibility for what happened? It's one of those things where it's like... She created the entire set of circumstances that led to this murder occurring. But just because you're a crappy person doesn't mean that you're a criminal. As bad as it seems. But I would submit... That what she did should rise to the level mm. of criminal activity. Yeah. But the I, way that the laws are written right now, there's really nothing. So what would you, what what kind of actions do you think she should have been prosecuted for that like maybe should be a law? What What would you say? Well, because I almost feel like she is kind of a co-conspirator. The problem with that is that you have to be, you know, intentionally like planning mm. that and involved in the planning process, which it doesn't appear that she was. Yeah. And then I guess like an accessory mm. to, I mean, because she created the entire situation. Yeah. If she had not done what she did, this wouldn't have happened. Right. So it just seems like, and I know like this is all like morally and logically, she should be held responsible. But technically, if we're just going to look at the law, she didn't break any law. Yeah, exactly. Other than lying. And you can lie all you want. Right. The one part that I saw that kind of like hooked me with kind of like catfishing laws and when it becomes illegal is when you're going to like defame someone because defamation is illegal anyway. 
Right. So when you're using, like, pretending to be somebody else and it causes them, like, harm in a... Char- like a like a character assassination type thing or like if I pretend to be you and I or when people take over like Twitter accounts mm-hmm. and you pretend to be somebody and in, in the end it it hurts them as a, as an individual or maybe as yeah, a brand reputation. or something yeah 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 that's what I'm looking for I certainly think that she probably caused some harm to her daughter online you can't really find pictures of Jesse that aren't blurred out they've done a really good job whoever did of cleaning it up in this documentary though you can definitely see her face and there are pictures online of her face people know who she is which i imagine is why it's very difficult to find this documentary as well maybe yeah that and can... i do think that it's appropriate that she should be protected yeah but because i she was not involved in this at all but at the same time though it would have to be Jesse that pressed the charges. Right. But there's no defamation. Yeah, but, but I just mean like, yeah, I guess you're right. I, and I'm, even with defamation, usually you're talking about a civil I just feel like that issue. was the closest thing that I actually felt she could be guilty of, is that all of the harm she caused to her daughter. She. Well, I guess our point is, yeah, I, for her to be able to do all of the things she did and it never violated any law, there's... There's some gaps there that need to be filled in. Because yeah. you should not be able to carry out this course of conduct for this long mm-hmm. with this many people. Mm-hmm. And that's completely legal yeah. and you have no responsibility when someone it's, ends up dead. It's infuriating, but it's not illegal. Right. And what? Well, but then again... And it's infuriating that it isn't illegal. I could see it. I could see her being charged if she had any part in the planning of or had made any kind of suggestion to Thomas to kill him or harm him, but she didn't. And she actually she actually could have just stayed silent, but she did tell Brian that she feared for his safety. Now, the more responsible thing would have been to have come clean or even contacted Brian's like place of work, the authorities... Or even Brian's parents and said, hey, look, this guy's making threats and I think they may be serious. But she didn't, obviously, to save her own skin. But that's the thing. You don't have to report stuff. That's also, again, it's the right thing to do, but it's not illegal. Right. You don't have to warn somebody. And we see that all the time in cases where people are like, well, I didn't take them seriously. Like, why didn't you say anything? And it's like, well, it's not illegal. I don't have to tell you that I heard someone say they were going to murder somebody, you know? For whatever reason, well, we know for what reason, but she didn't. She didn't warn anybody. Well, and like you said, though, she did try to give Brian some warning. Yeah, she just so kind she didn't of just cautioned keep all of that him. to herself. Yeah, but that doesn't excuse all of the other things she did that contributed to yeah his death. I just it is absolutely mind boggling mm-hmm. that she could do all of these things. Yeah, and none of that ever violated any statute anywhere. But the one. Ugh. The one part of it, though, and again, it's not illegal. The most disgusting piece of this case, the most disgusting in my eyes, it's not the fact that Thomas Montgomery wanted to get off to this 18-year-old. Technically, she's 18. Right. Or at least he believed that, and that's his mind, and that's what he wanted. Fine. What's most disgusting to me is that the mother, Mary, is pretending to be Jesse through these online sexual encounters. Mm-hmm. He's literally typing her name. So if you even imagine like a physical sexual encounter when you're calling someone's name, I I equate it to that. When he types, oh, Jesse, or oh, this, you heard the messages that we all read, guys. You know what I'm talking <laughs> about. And she is in the mind, almost like Tom was being Tommy and he was this person. She was acting 
as her own daughter in these online sexual encounters. Well, and it's not even like in abstract that she did that. She sent photos yes. of her own daughter. Yes, she's like like imagine assuming danger, her identity. Imagine like, the danger, though, that you're putting your daughter in. Yeah, exactly. If they ever saw her in person. Yeah, exa- exactly. And you're putting her actual likeness in the minds of these men, Mm -hmm. these random men that you know absolutely nothing about. Yeah, but not only that, I do wonder if she could have been charged with some sort of child endangerment because they were worried for Jesse's safety because he could have come to kill her. And guess what? What if Tom had found them? He wouldn't be going after the mother. He would have been going after Jesse because he thought it was her. I think that that is a difficult case to make. Especially if she's 18, I guess. And nothing happened. I guess. I so frustrating. It's so frustrating. You want to hold her accountable, but she technically she didn't do anything legally wrong, just morally wrong. Right. <laughs> That's I guess it. It just freaks me and out. You can't do anything about immorality. Oh, but it's like, oh, okay, yeah. She's disgusting. She's yep. just, she's disgusting. She literally sent photos of her nearly juvenile daughter to men, knowing what they were going to do with those photos. Well, she was participating in what they were doing with those photos. Exactly. Through those messages. Exactly. She knew that these men were fantasizing about her daughter Mm -hmm. and helped them to reach the end of that event. And again, not in the abstract. They knew what her daughter looked like. And even were typing her name. They knew just about every inch of her body because she sent them those pictures in bikinis. Yep. So I think, yeah... at the end of the day, my verdict would be not guilty. Well, we have to say not guilty because she didn't technically... I, I don't think she... Yeah, I don't think that there was a crime that she committed, I guess. But there should be. There sh- Yeah. I, I don't mean, know. I don't know. We can't control what people say or who they pretend to be. So. Yeah, if we could, Catfish wouldn't have been running for however many seasons that's been running I guess, now. I guess. I guess that's the end of our... Uh, our, the end of our episode today. This is a short one. Yeah. We're giving you a little bit of a breather. You're going to uh, need it. Based on the content of our last episode with Shonda Scherer mm-hmm. and uh, the very big surprise episode that we have coming for you next week. It shouldn't be a surprise. If you guys are into true crime and are armchair detectives like we are, you can probably figure out <laughs> what we've got coming your way for Christmas. Think long and hard, guys, because <laughs> next week it'll be here. <laughs> so we'll be back with you right here. Yep. Same bat time, same bat channel. Yeah, do all the things. Absolutely. Like, share, comment, subscribe. Do all the things. Yeah, we still have a five-star rating mm-hmm. on Apple Podcasts. Yep. Downloads are just flowing in. It's happening faster and faster. Yep. You know, again, another huge thank you to everybody listening and sharing this with their friends and family. We uh, can't tell you how much we appreciate it. Yep, absolutely. Thank you guys for listening. Happy holidays. We'll see you on Christmas. We sure will with your very big Christmas present. I think they get it. From Mike and Heather. Right here at Allegedly. I mean, it's not nine inches. Okay. (laughs) Bye! Bye, guys! (laughs)